0: When you think of the first part so far of 2021, as far as the business, what what first comes to mind?
1: Rebound.
0: This is Swarfcast. I'm Noah Graff, here with my favorite occasional co-host, Lloyd Graff. For today's podcast, I decided it was a good time for us to reflect on our used machinery business so far in 2021. It's been an interesting and profitable nine months, and I was having a little trouble finding a new guest I wanted to interview. This is part one of our conversation. including Index, Schütte, Gildemeister, Tornos, ZPS, Acme, and Wickman. They also sell a variety of other types of used equipment, such as CNC Swiss, CNC turning centers, and parts washers. Machine tools are complicated. If you're going to buy one, you should go to people who are knowledgeable and committed to the industry. Learn more at www.grafpinkert.com That's www.graff.com P-I-N-K-E-R-T dot com. Today, we're doing a good old-fashioned show, just the two of us. It's been a great year so far for Graf Pinkert. A good year for the podcast, too, I think. But actually, lately, I've been having trouble finding a new guest. And I decided right now it was good to reflect on things Um, maybe that would give some new inspiration for some new shows
1: to do. So I'm a substitute guest.
0: Yeah, uh, pretty much. Can't find anybody better. Can't find anybody better. You're good filler. So this is actually the beginning of the Jewish New Year. A lot of reflection going on. Um, you know, sort of similar to what might, you know, we'd be thinking about at the beginning of the regular new year, but, um, yeah, Yom Kippur happened last week. You think a lot about what's happened this last year and what you're planning on doing in the future. So it seemed like a good chance to reflect on the business for this podcast. So first, Dad, tell us when you think of the first part so far of 2021, as far as the business, what what first comes to mind?
1: Rebound. A phenomenal rebound from a very dismal 2020. The pandemic period, starting, let's say, with March of uh, 2020, at its worst... It feels
0: like it's all just a blur, yet at the same time, this year is so different from the last year.
1: Yeah, at its worst, in summer of 2020, uh, there was essentially no business except ventilator business and gun business. The two seemed to go together in a strange way. And then when we finally hit 2021, the rebound actually was already in action, but it seemed like people were afraid to move until we reached the new year.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you you think? Like September? By September, easily last year, everybody was back full bore, don't you think? all our customers? In
1: manufacturing, uh, yes, just about everybody was back in action by September, but there was no confidence. And then confidence gradually grew at the end of last year, gained momentum coming into 2021. uh, But then you had the election, you had the Democrats coming in, you had the indecision with Trump leaving office, then you had the Demonstration uh, that ended up in the Capitol in January. Uh, you had the fallout from that. Then you had uh, Biden coming in, and
0: and you think right, right. somewhat.
1: Uh, you had indecision then, uh, wondering is Biden going to go full bore with the progressives? Is he going to be uh, a conservative Democrat that? He was in the 90s that voted for Clarence Thomas. We didn't really know who Biden was.
0: Do you think so, you know who Biden is now?
1: <laughs> I, I think we have a pretty good idea of who Biden is now. However, I think from a political standpoint, people are looking for forward to the 2022 congressional elections. And... Um, Biden is desperately trying to get his platform passed expecting that the Democrats are going to lose in 2022, which will mean that he'll be thwarted as far as getting a progressive package passed. Okay.
0: You said you see a, saw a rebound so far this year. Where do, you, where do you mostly see the rebound in the business and then all well, shine Well, from
1: in. A, a business standpoint. Our first quarter was still moderately crummy. We had the beginning of momentum, but the momentum built as the quarter went on. And uh, you know, by February, March, we were moving quite strongly. And then the second quarter was booming. The third quarter has been a bit of a respite. Um, I think we're in the midst of. Uh, some indecision. I don't quite know why, but I think probably it's related to COVID and uh, the Delta variant, the tremendous uh, controversy about vaccinations. So you think that when somebody is on the fence
0: about buying a machine, whether it's latent or conscious, they are deciding because of uncertainty in The pandemic. I mean, somebody, for instance, somebody comes to us and they need a Citizen Swiss machine. They've been looking for one for a long time. And then all of a sudden, it's come the time they found the machine. They're trying to decide whether to buy it or not. And then some piece of news comes in and that makes them stop. Do you think that's really happening? Or do you think there's... I have a hard time believing that it's just... uh, some event makes everybody stop buying. Maybe it's just, we just don't have the right customers at that moment.
1: Well, it could be, but I also do feel that the mood in the country, the mood regarding COVID does have an effect. The mood regarding politics does have an effect. How much of an effect? I think it depends on the person, on the uh, media coverage, but I do think it has an effect. If somebody has an absolutely lead pipe cinch order that he feels is going to last for three years, then he is going to buy. Of course he. Whether he buys our machine or he buys a new machine or he buys uh, a competitor's machine, he's going to buy something. If he has some doubt about uh, the solidity of his orders then he may pause or she may pause. And in my opinion, we are seeing a bit of a pause now, which I attribute primarily to fear over a recurrence of a major COVID slowdown. Interesting. Um, What what about you? What do you think? I think you could be right. And I
0: also think that our business is so... It's just not very liquid, and we have a great month, and we make three deals, and all of a sudden, we think the economy is great. And
1: Yeah, but it takes 30 prospects to make three deals. That's a good point,
0: but I still think it's not always how many shots on goal. It's the right one, but you could be right. I mean, we can evaluate by how much activity we're getting, how many people are calling us. And I feel like they are emailing and they're calling quite a bit, but finishing the deal is it's always hard.
1: One of the interesting things about the booming machine tool business that we've had is the relative weakness of our spare parts business. Mm -hmm. And I would account for that by diminishing use of multi-spindles don't you think though what weren't the spare wasn't the spare parts business pretty good in twenty twenty? Comparatively, it was pretty good. Compared to the machine tool business, the spare parts business was good. I and
0: weren't weren't we sort of hypothesizing that people were using the machines but they weren't buying new ones and that's why they needed spare parts. Yes. Wickman spare parts.
1: That's, that was our theory.
0: But this has fallen off this year, the spare parts business? This has
1: fallen off. Um, I do do not have a a reasonable explanation, except that people are buying Swiss machines uh, to replace multis, Mm -hmm. and therefore they're not repairing the multis nearly as much. The other thing is that the uh, labor situation is so acute right now, particularly for multi-spindle operators that people have just thrown up their hands and said, I'm giving up the multis. Mm. Uh, I can't keep them running. I just don't have the people, and I'm not willing to make the commitment to train.
0: Right, so they'll either maybe buy a CNC multi-spindle or just start buying Swiss machines. Yeah. It's a pity, too, because we talked to a lot of people who... Say you know, I'm sort of interested in a multi spindle. If I had a multi spindle, I know I could, you know, kill this job. And but I don't know how to run one. I don't have the people to run one. So you know, it's sort of a pie in the sky,
1: right? And I thing. have no idea where I'm going to find the right person who will stay. And I think that there is a demand for multi spindle work right now, uh, but people are still hesitant to buy conventional KM multi-spindles because they're so fearful of being able to find anybody to run them.
0: Right. Or maybe they have the people that run the ones they have, but if they bought another one, they wouldn't really know how to handle it. That said, we've probably done the best on our on machines this year for KM multi-spindles. Ask
1: yourself why, Noah. The bulk of the machines are going to Mexico. That's true.
0: A lot of Davenports to Mexico. But still, we've done well on some Acmes.
1: But even Acmes are going to Mexico now. In Mexico, they are able to train people to run multi-spindles, and they're willing to pay them enough to hold on to them. They tend to not leave for other work, and therefore, multi-spindles to do... Uh, work for American Automotive, or European Automotive, or Japanese Automotive, uh, with plants in Mexico or in the United States, is viable. And to be very frank, the bulk of the multi-spindle business is Mexico today, Mm -hmm. for Rap Pinker.
0: Interesting. But, you know, we've sold a few, uh, gotten a few good Acme deals in Ohio or Illinois,
1: um, in one case, it was a fire, but mostly we're talking about American companies with major facilities yeah. in Mexico uh, where they're shifting more and more work because they can get the people.
0: The other good thing about multi spindles is that unlike CNC machines and Swiss, these are the machines that somebody is willing to get rid of at times. Right now, you have if you have a machine and it's good, nobody wants to get rid of it. So I think that's maybe been a little difficult for some dealers. Have you heard that?
1: Well, to be very candid, I think that for most dealers today, multi-spindle is written in Svengali. Uh, I mean, it's, it's simply something that they don't understand they're fearful of it, and they say to themselves, when I can buy a Haas machine, and I know I'm going to sell it in a month, why should I be fiddling around with a multi-spindle screw machine that I may end up scrapping? Sure,
0: and sometimes we say that too. If It's, it's just that we know the ones, or we think we know the ones that are going to need to be scrapped and the ones that aren't.
1: Right, on the other hand... Uh, My feeling now is I'm willing to take a chance on a machine that might end up being scrapped because uh, I think that there's considerable upside because the marketplace is not placing a large value on 30 or 40-year-old conventional cam screw machines that may need considerable amount of uh, rework or in order to find the maximum per customer, will require setup and... Going through the machine. Yes, and readjustment. And that's just more trouble. It's beyond the grasp of most other dealers. Mm-hmm. And so we, we
0: were talking about it earlier. When you're trying to sell a machine, what are the, the indicators that somebody's going to buy it? and the indicators that they aren't and what are the challenges we're going up against besides just, uh, is the machine priced well enough? As I just wrote a blog about it, you know, you can beat yourself up over, is it you? Did you not give a good enough price? Were you not persuasive enough? Did you not come across well enough? Or are some people just not ready to buy? or they're just too scared to buy.
1: I think it's all of those factors. Now, I I think that uh, there's indecision about uh, COVID. There is political indecision out there that may have some effect, I don't think tremendous effect at the moment. I think that there's still competition from abroad, but I'm baffled myself. about the amount of indecision that we're seeing. When we know there is enormous demand out there, there lingers a significant amount of indecision by individual buyers on spending what is potentially a small amount of capital investment.
0: Right, for them to make a ton of money.
1: Yes. I'm shocked that people are still as hesitant as they are and I would attribute it to fear left over from 2008 and the last major recession. I think people just can't believe that business will continue to be this good for maybe more than the next few months. There there just is a hesitancy that is very hard for many people to overcome. mm mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, there are a group of people who are saying, we're seeing a significant shift in uh, American manufacturing away from Asia, towards North America, and I'm going to take advantage of it. And I'm going to figure out a way over the obstacles of uh, people. And that may be buying a Swiss machine. I think that's the easier path to take. It could be buying a CNC lathe or a vertical machining center or uh, some other tool. And for some people, it could be buying a relatively cheap cam multi-spindle. They figure whatever the hurdles are, they're going to figure out some way around now.
0: Mm-hmm. Often, you, we run into the problem of somebody saying, well maybe there's a great demand for this Swiss machine, but I can buy a new one for X. Do you feel like in the last, uh, say, decade, there's a lot of people that used to buy lots of used machines and now they primarily buy new machines?
1: There are many, and... Is that because they're more CNC machines? I would attribute that significantly to the fact that uh, the sellers of new machines uh, provide backup, yeah, and uh, setup and uh, technical people, and most dealers do not. And people assess what is that worth to me. I think
0: you're if right. They,
1: if they're going to uh, run the machine for ten to fifteen years, the difference between the new and the used is uh, not that significant if they're figuring the technical backup they have.
0: No, I, I agree. I agree. I think that is definitely one place where we really better make it attractive to somebody. Otherwise, it, you know, it all just depends on a buyer. Some people never buy use. We've got a few people that sell machines to us, and one in particular, he, he joked to me recently, he said, Whenever we bought a used machine, it's never gone right. <laughs> but other people buying the idea of buying a new machine is crazy to them. You know, if I can buy a Swiss machine that's five years old for a hundred thousand less than a new one, you know, that makes sense to them.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, the person you're referring to is doing primarily automotive work. And when he buys a new machine, it's because he's got a five-year contract. Ah, true, true. And uh, he's going to pay that machine off uh, within two years, and therefore buying new makes sense to him. Even if the machine isn't worth that much after 10 years, he still uh, recouped his investment uh, several times over. It Sounds like a good business to be in.
0: yeah High, high, high risk high reward
1: yeah not an easy one because uh some of those uh lead pipe cinch automotive contracts are not as nice as they look true what has been
0: exciting you most about the business lately or or always about the the machinery business the treasure hunting business
1: The challenge of deal making is the reason that I ended up going into the business with my father over 50 years ago. I just found the serendipity and connecting the dots and finding customers and finding the machines that would fit the customers needs to be absolutely fascinating. I mean, yeah. I, I've always found that to be true. Um, it, it appeals to my brain in some way that, uh, let's say, having a career as a writer, as a lawyer, did not appeal to me. Uh, there's just an excitement in connecting people, putting people together, and I think the gambling aspect of it, placing a bet on my own belief of the value of a machine and seeing that bet work out.
0: Does it also feel more satisfying when you bet on something that other people aren't betting on? Sure. Being a contrarian.
1: Sure. I've always loved being a contrarian. And uh, and the other part of the business that I enjoy is... is uh, being with you, to be kind, uh, be honest. And uh, it's the fun of coming to work and trading ideas with you. Yeah. Uh, I feel
0: the same. Next week on Swarfcast.
1: The way to have fun and be successful in the used machine tool business is to take risk for me. Mm-hmm.
0: And now that you are not in debt. Does that make you feel like you want to take more risk or or not? From today's machining world, this is Swarfcast. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to the show on your favorite app and give us a five star rating and a review. And don't forget to tell your friends about it. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and todaysmachiningworld.com to join our mailing list, read episode summaries, and watch extended interview videos. I'm Noah Graff. My occasional co-host is Lloyd Graff. Our managing editor is Ridgely Dunn. Our audio engineer is Patricio Garcia. For information on advertising or to submit an idea for a future podcast, follow the contact information at todaysmachiningworld.com.